Hallelujah, Christ is risen. He is risen In the holy name of Jesus, amen. Jesus says today, rejoice. It's a nice, happy word. It's a word that we don't often think about because everything around us seems to be in the toilet. But Jesus, nonetheless, today says, rejoice. So what do we do? Go out and just be happy. Go out and leave this place today and put a smile on your face and just ignore everything that's going on around you. How can we rejoice? We live in a world where chaos seems to ramp up even more. How can we rejoice in a world where we're not even sure if men can get pregnant, let alone women? How can we rejoice in a world hell-bent on the destruction of humankind? whether living or unborn. Political fears and division. Gee, uh-oh, this is not good for Mother's Day, Pastor. But seriously, we have all been in our mother's womb at one time, and we rejoice every year with our day of birth. And today we celebrate the day of Mother's Day for those who have given us birth and supported us and giving us life. It's a very special thing. But in many ways, it's under attack. And while some of this might make you feel a little uncomfortable or maybe a little angry, all of it comes down to a very simple matter. It's an issue of life versus death. Jesus says today, rejoice. We can rejoice because we're alive. We made it through the last two years. Maybe we'll make it through today. Maybe we'll make it through this next week. Who knows? But things seem to be going fairly well. I honestly think, though, that we could use a good dose of reality in terms of what's going on all around us in the world. How dare you question us, Pastor, with some of the things that we've encountered and some of the things that we've suffered. We've had our struggles and our trials. Yes, we have. But have you noticed how we take care of those struggles and their trials? We feel all safe hiding behind our screens and our computers. Or maybe we hide behind our sports teams, our music, our blogs, or TikTok. It doesn't matter, just hide until the storm is over, just as long as we can somehow survive. Maybe the little political ramping up of going on right now will pass and we can just move on. Our number one idol today is electronics. How many of you have your phone here today? Yeah, I've got mine in my pocket right up here. If I don't have it today, I feel like I'm not myself. It's everywhere. It's all-knowing, and it's all-powerful. Take your phone for a minute. If my phone could speak, it would speak very much like Jesus. Wherever you go, I will be with you. <laughs> Ask me anything, and I'll give you the answer. Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I'll give you something for your eyes. Your phone, your internet, your tablet has become your source of all that is good, right, and salutary. But could you imagine if you were one-tenth 
the amount devoted to Christ as you were with your phone and your electronics? Could you imagine being one-tenth the amount devoted to Jesus and his word as we are with so being so busy about wars and courtroom verdicts and our sports teams and celebrities? We are constantly searching for new ways of trying not to die. That it seems like the world has pretty much forgotten the one who has said, I have overcome the world and death. Alleluia, Christ is risen. I'm not going to sit here today and bash you and ask you if you have lost sight of Christ. Believe me, I have, and so have you. Yes, we human beings are very religious, devoted to so, so all sorts of deities like health, wealth, prosperity, and leisure. We'll sacrifice nearly anything to make our idols smile upon us. So it's interesting to say the least, that when our idols of safety and comfort clash with the particular American idols of freedom, choice, and independence in the temples of our civil religion. But Jesus says rejoice. Why? With all this sorrow, it's kind of hard to rejoice. How is it easy to rejoice when there's war going on? How is it easy to rejoice when we are so divided amongst each other? How is it easy to rejoice when things in the economy are in the tank? Are we hiding our heads in the sand by telling people to rejoice just to be happy? Don't pay attention here. Nothing to look at. Keep moving on. No. We do not believe in Jesus as one who comes here today who says that everything is going to be moonbeams, unicorns, and fairy dust. He's very realistic with you and me. He said it here today. You will have sorrow. And he says even for us as Christians, you will have more sorrow than anyone else. You will look around, you will look at yourself, and you will see how wretched things are. You will see how I am looking at my own self-imposed idols that are quite easy to please me and give me cause of rejoicing. And you have yours as well. Goals achieved, box checked, halos attained. But Jesus says today for the Christian, you will have sorrow. Great, sign me up. How do I begin? You will be saddened and disappointed by nearly everything you see and experience. Oh, I just can't wait to dive into this. Jesus will be so out of touch, so outdated, so narrow-minded, so bigoted. How can we possibly follow somebody who gives up his life for you and your sins and your problems and everything else? And then he turns around and he says, Rejoice! Here's the difference, though. All of your idols will fall and fail you. Your phone will die, or it will be simply not able to keep up with the technology standards, or it simply will not survive that fall into the toilet. Your health, will go downhill. And if you're not so sure about that, 
Think about the health insurance premium you pay each year. Your funds will shrink. Look at the gas pump. Your rights are infringed. The degree or degrees that you worked upon seem like just more, nothing more than a piece of paper hanging on the wall. And your neighbors, your sports stars, your celebrities, your musicians, they will either end up moving away, getting angry with you, retiring, getting arrested, or they will just plain die. Our idols will ultimately disappoint us. But Jesus says rejoice. And no matter how many times the world looks at us and says, you guys are a bunch of fools, you're a bunch of idiots for believing all of these things, he still nonetheless gathers us together here today around his gift of life. You are the children of the living God, brothers and sisters in Christ. You have been given a cause to rejoice, a joy that cannot be taken away. Hallelujah, Christ is, living, is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. He's living too. We who though live in the light of Christ's resurrection, we rejoice no matter how terrible this world can be. For you know that the worst thing that could ever happen to you has already happened to the Son of God. He died. And in the midst of all of the problems that you face today, tomorrow, next month, what's the absolute worst thing that could ever happen to you? Death. And Jesus says today, I have overcome that. He has come to be the Son of God for us, life, light, and the world. And we looked upon him and crucified him. And he was taken down from that cross and buried all for what? Because he showed love to everyone. He healed the sick and raised the dead. He preached good news to the poor. And our response was simply death. And he did so willingly for you and for your salvation. That's why we rejoice today. That's why we can truly be happy and do not fear. We've already done the worst to God and the worst has already been overcome. Christ is risen. risen And even today he is living. He is not leaving us behind. His church has survived persecutions, exterminations, death camps, and every kind of ism you can imagine. Plagues, famine, division. Not every religion has survived these things, though. The Christian church is well over 2,000 years old. Many of the false religions and churches of the world die. If you're not so sure about this, how many Mithraist churches have you driven by here today in Little Rock? How many Manichaeus churches did you pass this week? What? Huh? Yeah. Throughout all time, throughout all history, there have been these religious movements that have looked at various things and said, we are the new way, we are the better way, we are the sure way. We can give you the answers to this, the answers to that, and the answers to your future but none of them talk about taking care of your death. Except Jesus. Jesus who says you need to look at the grave just like you look at your bed this evening when you go to sleep. 
He has placed his church here on earth and at the outposts of the world to proclaim that death is destroyed. Devil be mocked. Evil cannot hurt you or extinguish you because you have the life of the world. Jesus Christ crucified and raised never to die again. He is simply the first and you are following him. All of our altars, our fonts, and our pulpits fill the globe pouring forth the one hope that we have where all of our sorrows are turned to joy, where there is nothing but cause to rejoice. And it's kind of interesting. I didn't pick out this gospel reading today. This is just in our normal lectionary system, but it's interesting here on the day of Mother's Day how Jesus talks about for us as life in the church. He talks about a woman who goes into labor there's the pain, there's the suffering, there's the anguish. But as soon as that little bambino is laid onto your lap, there is rejoicing for a new life has entered into the world. Even in the midst of all of the pain, suffering, and sorrow, you have life. Life in the midst of death, life in the midst of persecution, life even in the plague. You are the bride of Christ. You are gathered here together with Mother Church. And we rejoice as our heavenly bridegroom is with us in sickness and in health, for richer and for poor, in war and chaos. Even if it seems like our society is at the precipice of the gates of hell, not even death will part us. So rejoice. Christ is risen. And so shall you. Christ alone be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen.